0: Hey, it's good to see you all and uh, excited to be continuing in our series. Just a three-week little short uh, blip in the schedule where we're taking some time to unpack our unique shapes, the way that God designed us. And uh, as you can see from the, the series picture there, some unique designs. But uh, I was even thinking in our, our own church, there's, you don't have to look very far to come and see. that There's some pretty unique uh, people even in our own church uh, body, that was right before the service started, by the way. I'm concerned a little bit about the Moorcroft family, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the idea is uh, this, is that God has made every single person very unique, very different. How many of you have spent time with somebody, and at the end of that conversation with them, you're like, wow, they are different, <laughs> and uh, they, they were probably saying the exact same thing about you, which is the irony of it. But the cool thing we discovered last week as we started the conversation, looking at spiritual gifts, is that God's uniquely created us, uniquely designed us with an, an intent in mind, that we'd use that uniqueness, the gifts, the way He's wired us up, to give back to Him for His glory and His honor. So we're on this three-week adventure of kind of unpacking and getting a little bit clearer picture of how God's wired us up. First week, last week, we talked about, in this acronym, we took from a Rick Warren's material. It's called SHAPE. And this acronym for us uh, first week was Spiritual Gifts. And this week, we're going to be unpacking our heart and our abilities and talking through how that, how those are both facets, that the clearer you are in that, you, the better understanding you have for what God's called you towards for ministry. Let me pray for us before we dive in. God, we thank you so much for even the chance already to come here together, each coming from different weeks and different things going on and the chaos that we uh, call life. And uh, you faithfully met us even here through worship. My hope now is just as we unpack this, this topic of the way you've designed us, that it might be something that's helpful for each of us, for us as the body of Christ, to live out and to meet the potential that you've invited us to not just for your glory, but it's also for, in your kindness, it's also for our fulfillment that you designed us the way that you have, that we'd find enjoyment and pleasure out of giving back what you've given to us. God, we invite you now to speak through your word and through this topic. Pray this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the first uh, word there, as you saw on the screen, talking about heart, and uh, I was trying to think through how to best explain this, and the, one of the facets of our heart is what you love to do, what you love to do, and maybe the question to be asked is what motivates you or gets you excited? When you think about that question, what comes to mind? What is something that gets you fired up? And I, what I've realized, though, is that question, the answer to that question, has the potential to provoke guilt. When somebody thinks about that, hey, what am I excited about? What do I enjoy? What is something that I, I really enjoy? Sometimes we buy into the lie that God's only pleased with us when we're having devotions or praying or sharing our faith with somebody and that he's disinterested in all the other components of our life. But the truth is, is that we see even in Psalms 33:15 15, that he notices every single move that we make Every aspect of our life, I love the quote by Rick Warren, he says this, every human activity except sin can be done for God's pleasure if you do it with an attitude of praise. Every single component, every aspect of our life can be a beautiful thing of of, of, when it's given back appropriately to God. So when we're thinking through that question, it doesn't need to provoke us to guilt if it's not something super spiritual Our response. In fact, we're gonna have some audience participation here for a second. I'd love you to turn to somebody next to you, maybe a chance to make some friends here and answer this question. What is something that you could talk about till 2 a.m. in the morning? For those of you that are a little bit older, that might be, what is something you could talk about till 9 p.m. in the evening? (laughs) But let's let's go let's go ahead and answer that question and ch- chat about what is something that fires you up? I'm going to cut that off right now so that you don't go till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, But the idea there, how many of you are sitting next to somebody that you already know pretty well and they could already answer that question? They're like, I've already heard you talk about that till two o'clock in the morning. So what this idea is, is getting to the root of what is it that you're passionate about? What's something that you really enjoy? And it's funny, you talk to different people, talk to one person in their passion area it's like, you know, I'm not really interested in that. There's a group of ladies that, that meet together here at the church that do some quilting, and I have to confess, I, I wouldn't say that that's something I'm necessarily passionate about, though I'm open, you know, but it's so neat to see them. They, they meet together, they do these quilting projects, giving them to families, giving them to moms, blessing them with blankets. It's just kind of a, a fun area of passion and it's neat to see, for me, those of you that know me very well, you don't really have to guess on this. You guys guessed even in the front uh, row. Yeah, it, it's, it's the car thing. I know, I'm in counseling, I've got issues for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely think it started, if I'm honest with myself, started when I was a little guy. Remember those matchbox cars that you could get for like a buck a piece? You'd show up with three bucks and you're like, I'm getting three of these today. I'd come home with those and just playing with those guys. And it, it, it hasn't really changed over the years. When I was uh, older, you can uh, see that it kind of grew. I, I had the poster on the wall. I can remember in my, uh, my room growing up, I had a picture of three different cars. It was the Lamborghini Countach, it was the Porsche 959, and it was the Ferrari Testarossa, all just glaring there on my wall. But that hasn't changed. I, I just In high school, I started working in uh, building kitchen cabinets after school so I could save up and buy a Mustang GT which was like the ultimate high school student's car. That was like the, the coolest. Remember putting in some long hours to be able to save up for that. And, uh, and, and even so, oh, I forgot about this. I even brought a picture of one that I, I drew this in high school. So this is uh, old school. Look at that. huh? And so drew that. I, I don't know, maybe that's breaking the speed limit there or something to, to point towards that. But that's hanging in my garage even to this day. I know that's concerning. Um. <laughs> But it's funny because the reason I bring that up is, is to show that like, you know, even silly things, God can end up using that for his glory. Things that you're like, man, I really enjoy that. For me, for me it's been fun over the years, one, to see how many conversations I've been in. Sometimes I'm like, all right, enough talking about it. And, uh, but, but for me, how many opportunities, even church world. We started, I remember, some years back at a church I was the pastor of outreach at, and uh, we started. We said, you know what? There's a group of guys that really like cars, and so we started. We had a, a, a garage on our property, and we said, what if we started taking donated cars, fixing them up, and then being able to bless these ladies, these single moms that were connected to our church, and blessing them with cars? And so it started. So it started really small, where we did one every couple of months, and it was getting so we're doing two or three a month, and just blessing different women in the community. It's just a fun way to see how God took. A, a dumb area of interest, some might say, and used it for his glory. We even on Father's Day here did a, a car show just trying to engage more with people in the community. Point being this is God has given each one of us different things that we're passionate about. It doesn't have to be necessarily spiritual for God to be able to use that for his glory and his honor. Another aspect when you're thinking of heart as it relates to us kind of unpacking how God's wired us up is who. You love to be around. It's also who you love to be around. I, uh, I know some of us, if you think of, of Carolyn, the first thing that comes to mind, we talked about her earlier, she loves kids. Like, I don't even like kids. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but she, lo- she loves kids, loves being around them, enjoys. Like, anytime we talk about, uh, like, uh, she asked me about me briefly, but then, like, so how are the kids doing? I mean, she, she's just, that's her personality. God places on different people's hearts a certain passion area for people groups i've noticed my wife and i you might uh, know this already about us but for the last 15 years we were involved in in young adults or college age ministry god placed that burden for the college age i came to this conclusion even in my college years i'm like man this is a pretty big season of life you're deciding all kinds of big things what am i going to do what's my career going to be maybe even who i'm going to marry where am i going to live all these major crossroads and i was determined coming out of college i'm like I want the church to fill the gap there. I don't want that person to be out there floating without the support of the body of Christ. And so he placed that passion for years and years on my heart. For you, my question is, what is it for you? Maybe it's an age group. Maybe it's a Awana age kid. Maybe, maybe it's a different ethnicity group. Maybe it's a, a different ethnic. Uh, you, you figure out what it is who he's burdened on your heart. You see, that's how so many ministries within the body of Christ start because God gives a specific group of people that he's burden burdened you for. I was thinking about even in response to that, maybe you look across the landscape of our church and you're like, that's the group I really enjoy. But you might look across the landscape of our church and I'm like, you're like, you know what? I don't really see that group of people here. I don't really see this group. I, I remember talking with Shauna just about this. Uh, one of the girls that attends here, she has a passion for orphan ministry and, and helping support foster kids and and just, all right, well, that's not something we have here, but what would it look like for us to get behind that and support that? God puts a, a heart on different areas of, of passion for us. So two questions to ask. It's what you love to do. It's who you love to be around. Another one that I think is critical in discovering what, what the way that God's designed our heart, and I know you don't typically use the word heart in a defining heart, but it's what breaks your heart. It's what breaks your heart. That's another huge question as to figuring out how God's uh, given you the, a certain passion is, hey, what is it that, that I'm burdened about? Thinking of a biblical example of this, I absolutely love the, the story of Nehemiah and uh, the account of his life. And this is uh, found in Nehemiah 2, 2 through 6, as it gives an account of his interaction with the king. Take a listen to what it, what it describes there. It says, And the king said to me, why is your face sad? seeing you are not sick. So he's, this is Nehemiah talking. This is nothing but sadness of the heart. When I, then I was very much afraid. At that time, it wasn't good to look sad as a king's employee. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me. The reason I bring that up is because that's a perfect picture of something that broke someone's heart you see even in the beginning of there it says this is nothing but sadness of heart you see Nehemiah's heart was broken for his people because what had happened is his people if you're familiar with the story at the time Israelites had been dispersed after being conquered and had kind of intermingled and were living with the with the pagan culture that they're surrounded with in adopting a lot of their characteristics including worshiping their gods and so this was something that Burden it talks about in Nehemiah 1 that he was he was uh, brought to tears over this topic of his people being dispersed. And so this crossroad came as he's talking to the king there in this account where he had a decision like oh my heart's broken over this but what do I what do I do do I say something and even at the risk of his life God placed this burden on him and he spoke up. He said listen I'd love to at least start by rebuilding the wall, going there and trying to move back to the nation that God had designed. And the reason I bring that story up is because I believe what I've seen in my life and maybe you've seen in your life, sometimes our passion comes from a broken heart about something. Sometimes seeing seeing something with, I know there's some some ladies in our church that have been committed to this uh, Ventura outreach and trying to reach out to the homeless too. God's gotten a hold of their heart And that has then moved them to action. My prayer and my hope as a a church body is that as we get exposed to more and more things that we start saying, you know what? My heart is tugged towards this. I want to do this. That God would raise up people in this body of, of Christ here in Agora Hills to say, I'm going to stir in this guy's heart. I'm going to stir in this lady's heart to action. I had a wonderful meeting with a new director of, Uh, the Conejo Valley Pregnancy Center this last week. Her name's Barb. And just chatting with her and she was talking with me. She's like, you know what? We've got so many different opportunities for you guys to to be involved if you're interested, ways for you to roll up your sleeves and partner with us and caring for uh, would-be moms in our community. And she was just sharing this with me. And I was like, you know, the truth is what I need to have happen is I need it to stir in somebody's heart within our body I need that to happen and for a liaison to rise up before we start looking at what a partnership looks like. So we had a great conversation about that and what that might happen. You know what, as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what, that happens on a week-to-week basis. Like pretty much there's not a week that passes that there's not an approach from some kind of ministry out there that's saying, hey, ABF, would you be interested in helping out with this? Would you be interested in serving there? I had another uh, email from a, a foster ministry this past week as well, just with that same interest. So if God is stirred in your heart, if he's moved in your heart, talk to myself or John about that. Just say, hey, listen, God's been tugging on me towards this direction. He's, he's, he's burdened me towards that. And that's the way God seems to operate in moving us to action. So that's a third aspect to question when you're assessing your unique heart, if you will. So not just asking those questions, but another topic, as I mentioned, that we wanted to address is not just our heart, but God's given us some pretty unique abilities, some pretty unique abilities as well within this context, within this room. I was reading this story. I'll read it just briefly. It's short. It says, there's a children's story about a group of animals that started a school. It's kind of an old school illustration, but I thought it was cool. The courses offered... Were running climbing swimming and flying they decided that every animal should be proficient in all the courses the duck exhibited great skills at swimming but waddled as he ran so he had to stay after school to practice his running ability this causes web feet to crack and split which in turn causes swimming to become only average the rabbit started at the head of the class and running but really struggled in swimming you can see where this is going because of so much Makeup work and swimming, he caught pneumonia and dropped out of school. The squirrel had an outstanding ability at climbing, but became extremely frustrated in flying because he was always had to start at the ground rather than the treetop. He soon developed joint difficulties, maybe you can relate with that, and found it extremely difficult to climb. The ego was the proverbial nonconformist in climbing class. He beat everyone to the top of the tree, but instead of climbing, he insisted on using his own way of getting there. When he refused swimming class, he was expelled from the school, and the story goes on. You get the the idea, the picture for each one of us. The moral of the story is pretty obvious, but when you think about it, God has gifted each one of us with different abilities. Different abilities. When those abilities are used, we prosper, right? We do really well. You, you, you're, 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 you see yourself excel, but when you're forced into areas outside of your abilities, usually results in guilt, frustration, and a lot of times failure, right? How many of you have found yourself in a job or a role before where you're like, this is just not me. This is not my fit. And you start seeing like, ah, oh, but maybe I should be better at that. Maybe I should, uh, but No. The point here in this idea of working within our abilities or the realm of that is to find things that align with the unique way that God's made us. I was thinking about an example of this. I was thinking of uh, just a, a figure in the public eye. Anybody get caught up in the LeBron James thing this summer? Where's LeBron going to play basketball? Miami or Cleveland? Why would you go to Cleveland? And, uh, and, and so, uh, but this whole picture, I was thinking LeBron, when you think about that man, he was designed to play basketball. You know what I mean? Like he's pretty much a physical like perfection for basketball. What is he like? 6'11", 6'8", 260, something crazy like that. Totally agile. Like that man was given, no one would debate, God gave that man the ability to play that sport. Like it's clearly an ability. It's a God-given ability, but like anything else, he, like all of us, have the potential to use that ability to give glory to God or to not? And my prayer is eventually that's the conclusion he'll come to with that ability. But for each one of us, we have that same decision to make. What do we do with the ability that God has given to us? Remember the interaction that uh, Peter Parker had with his uncle in Spider-Man. I forget what number it is. They're on like number 17 or something now. But uh, the, you remember what the, what the uncle said to him. He said, with great Power comes great. Nice, nice. A few other people have seen that one. Uh, but this idea, this picture there is the same idea with us with our abilities. With great abilities comes much responsibilities. like what are you going to do with the abilities that God has given to you? Exodus 31 paints a, an amazing picture of how this whole thing operates or how it functions. It's a picture of the Lord talking to Moses explaining how abilities were given. I'll read it to you. Exodus 31.1 says this, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. That was tricky. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I've appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahishamak, tough one there too, of the tribe of Dan. I've given to all able men, listen to this, I've given to all able men ability that they may make all that I've commanded you. I was thinking what a picture of how this, how this works. God has given each one of us, he's made us, he's crafted you and shaped you out of the clay, if you will, and given you abilities that we have a choice as to whether or not we use those to point back to the glory of God. In this, this example there of that story, they're talking about the temple being built and God's saying, listen, I have these guys. I already did the groundwork. I made these guys unique. I made them so that they're really good at craftsmanship. Guess where those abilities came from? It wasn't because they just all of a sudden became good. The ability comes from God, and he has a unique plan for it. The plan is for it to be given back to him. There's something about that. When you're operating and ministering in your abilities, it's like, man, this feels good. This is fulfilling. This is rewarding. I don't know if there's anyone else in here that has had opportunities to serve in a a place where you're like, man, I really feel like I'm being utilized. This is a fantastic feeling. That's the way God's designed us. But a lot of times people buy into this lie where they say like, well, I don't really have any abilities. I'm not really good at anything. And anybody else found yourself slipping into that way of thinking? You don't have to raise a hand there. But the truth is, when specialists have kind of—I don't know who specialists—when you when you use that statement, I don't know who that is, but somebody figured out that if anybody sits down with an extended list of abilities, they're going to land on some things that God's wired them up towards. I've included uh, in your sermon notes there, right inside your bulletin, on the back side of the notes there, a list. Maybe you've already seen it. A list of 26 specialized abilities. of a fun exercise maybe a, a good conversation over lunch today that you could have sitting down and talking through and determining you know what what abilities has god given to me what are some things that that he's uniquely designed me towards is is there something that by getting some clarity on that i could be more effectively serving in the body of christ or not even in the body of christ in culture in general you see abilities are given to every, everyone. Last week we talked about spiritual gifts. We said, you know what, those are for the, uh, a believer. If somebody's put their faith in Jesus Christ, they have a spiritual gift. But abilities is every single person. But then again, they have a choice coming out of a love relationship with Jesus Christ as to then giving them back to him. I don't know if you remember the movie. It's now getting pretty, uh, it's been quite a few years now, is uh, the movie Chariots of Fire. Anybody see that movie? Some years back as the account of, um, of Eric Little as, a, as an Olympic runner. And you remember him as he's kind of wrestling through this whole thing of running and, and whether he should do that or if he should just focus on ministry. And, and, and really the conclusion that he came to, I love the quote. He says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he's also made me fast. And when I run, I feel God's pleasure. I love that quote. That picture of when I run, and the same thing could be said of the abilities that you're given. When when you're exercising those those abilities, man, it feels good. So much so, he goes on later to say, this Eric Little again, says, to give up running would be to hold him, referring to God, in contempt. To give up running would to hold him in contempt. In other words, saying, you know what, God, you gave me this, but that was really not, there's really no point in that. You see, God's given us each abilities to be used for his glory. I love this quote. I wasn't sure who said it. There are no unspiritual abilities, just misused ones. There's no unspiritual abilities, just misused ones. When we use our ability for God's glory, it can be an awesome thing. So my prayer, just as we're wrapping up here, and I can invite the worship team to start coming forward, is just we're going to give just a, a moment to start wrestling through, you know what? Do I need to rededicate my heart and my abilities to him. Maybe you've allowed them to wander over the years and you're like, I don't even know where the, how this, this ability that I have even re- relates to God at this point. Maybe this, the response to this might be, hey, doing some business with God, saying, all right, God, I've allowed those to wane. I've kind of gotten off track. I want to bring them back to laying at your feet. What an awesome thing that could come from even this Sunday morning if that were to happen in hearts and lives even here today. Let me pray towards that end as we go into this last song. God, I would love for this series to be not a degree of guilt tripping, but a chance for us to really assess ourselves, do some hard heart work of wrestling through what abilities, what heart, what, what spiritual gifts, the way that you've uniquely made me, how can that be used to give back to you? God, I pray that maybe whether it's through conversations today or going through our week on a a long commute, that we'd really have some some time to assess that. Say, am I really dedicating my unique design towards your glory? God, I pray that for myself. I pray that for each person in this room to to wrestle through that, that question. God, I thank you for this privilege to be together in your house with so many awesome people uniquely designed here. Pray that you continue shaping us and molding us into your likeness and this exercise of discovering our unique design would actually help us in fulfillment and finding purpose and meaning in life. God, thank you so much. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, I hope this is a, a fun adventure to be on for a couple weeks here. We're diving in and two weeks into a series through the book of uh, Mark. Uh, but hopefully for those of you that Even took the test last week. We have some uh, uh, coaches, if you will, available in the student ministry room to kind of talk through your results if you didn't get a chance to take that inventory. If you want to grab one as you're leaving, you're more than welcome to. Any support we can be on this adventure, we'd be thrilled to help. I pray you have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless you.